Good evening. Today. Okay. Good evening. Today is Tuesday, October 3rd. And we are studying the big book of Alcoholics Anonymous. This, this week's step is 12, working with others. And our speaker tonight is Sarah. Thank you, Sarah. Thank you. Thank Go you ahead. so much for having Take me. Get away. Okay. <laughs> um, okay. Hi, everybody. Um, I'm really thrilled to be here. I think I came into this meeting like one time when I was just brand new and I got really scared and ran away. Um, <laughs> um, anyway, I'm really grateful to be here. I'm a recovering, recovered, I guess, compulsive overeater. I can say that now. Um, I really just have at this point about a little over four months of, of abstinence. I am somebody who has like, I will get like five months and then I'll have a slip and then I'll have three months. And, you know, I keep, I keep coming back and I keep learning and I keep growing and I'm really excited to talk about uh, service today because, um, because I think that's, what's finally saving me. I mean, I think that's, that's finally what keeps me abstinent today. Um, I, I, I want to share uh, my picture just a little bit here um, just briefly, because I know it is powerful sometimes to see. Uh, I don't have side by side, but I can at least show you this is, um, I am maintaining at least a 50 pound weight loss. Um, I have more recovery, more physical recovery to go, but I, today I am by the grace of God, not in the food. And that is a miracle to me. Um, so I'm going to talk about step 12. I'm going to talk about, um, hold on a second. Sorry. Um, service. And I'm just going to talk about what it means to me. I'm, I'm not somebody who can like tell you everything that's in that chapter, but I can tell you some things that are meaningful to me. Um, one thing is that I want to say right off the bat is that I think most of my life, uh, I have been focused on freedom of the self, freedom of self-expression. I'm an artist, I'm a writer, I'm an actress and I've been in therapy and, um, and somebody framed it for me recently like this, like that in therapy, we're looking at freedom of the self, freedom of self-expression. Like I have worked, I, I think my life has been organized about helping people find their voice and helping people connect with themselves. And I work in the mental health system and that's part of my, my work and, um, and in writing and teaching writing and all that kind of thing. Um, but the spiritual path uh, this person described to me is freedom from the self. So the therapeutic process tends to be freedom of the self and the spiritual journey is more freedom from the self. And that helped me in the program. I suddenly was able to understand what I was doing here, what the point of the program was for me and why it seemed different than maybe other things that I had done before or therapy. I understood that the goal here is freedom from the self. And I have to say that when I first came in here, I just thought that sounds like a drag. That sounds terrible. Like this idea of being of service and people would talk about how they were like, oh my gosh, doing all these, sponsoring all these people and going to all these meetings and just devoting all this time to this. And I was like, oh my gosh, I don't have time for this because you know what? I have needs. 
I have needs because I was really needy. And honestly, I couldn't like imagine that it could be another way. Just like I couldn't imagine what it would be like to not be craving sugar all the time. Like I just could never even imagine a life where I wasn't driven by food. I mean, um, you know, when I came into the program, I was, I would drive anywhere. I would go to any length to get cookies and cake basically. And I learned in program that it was kind of abnormal how high I would get that I would like shoot to the rocket on those things. And then of course become very sick. And I thought for a long time that it was like about like my mom and dad were compulsive eaters. And I was just trying to be close to my mom who's passed away. But I have since learned that it really has nothing to do with that. It has to do with that. I have this allergy of the body and I have this obsession of the mind and that there is this cure that is um that is out there that is not like I couldn't even imagine it I couldn't even imagine it when I started and that is how it has turned out to be with service too just like I couldn't imagine um not being like forced by this insurmountable demand to go look for cookies in the middle of the night or the middle of the day or whatever it didn't matter how long it took you know I just had to do it I couldn't imagine um that I wouldn't have these emotional needs, like too much emotional needs to be able to like show up for other people. Um, And I had, um, you know, I had this one friend, her name is Clara. And I would just like, I think kind of feed on Clara a little bit. Like I'm really present now to like how I kind of need needed her emotionally. She was like the one person in my life who was like, uh, you know, in emergency, break glass, call Clara, you know? Um, and it's like, I would have this very desperate anxiety that just, I just felt like nothing could fill it. And, and she was like my one support person. And I didn't really understand what that was. I didn't know how to see that. Um, now I really in program, I have, it's like a, a world of Clara's. Like I have so many Claras and I'm a Clara, you know, I'm somebody who's a Clara for other people and other, and I don't need to rely on Clara all the time. You know, I just will call her, <laughs> but you know, I feel like I'm able to be a person that other people can call now. And I would say like the way that I now would frame that is that this idea of this buildup of emotions. So I'm not going to talk a lot about sponsoring. I I do sponsor, but my form of service is mostly like being available for outreach and doing 10 steps with people and helping people with the buildup of emotions, because I feel like that is like the main thing that I needed. And that is like one thing that I love to give. And I think that we can give that wherever we are in the program, like that, even if we're just beginning, like we can put ourselves out for service and be there to hear just to listen to other people i don't think we have to wait till get to the steps to do that and i think it's important to do that because nothing so much will ensure immunity from eating as intensive work with other compulsive eaters um it works when all uh when other activities fail and that is just i needed that in the beginning you know i needed that right away i couldn't wait to get through the steps to get that level of relief and see i didn't understand that when people were talking about service i just thought oh god that sounds awful but then somebody said to me like if you're having food thoughts and you're having cravings you get on the phone you get you put yourself out for service 
and it will make it disappear. And, and I was like, oh my gosh. And so that came to be true that if I put myself on the group me and I started being around other people and hearing what they talked about, I would stop being in the cravings. So I learned right away that I learned, well, not right away, but soon that being of service is the magic thing. It's the magic pill. And I have to do it. I have to do it. And I have to do it because of this idea of the buildup of emotions, partly, you know, because I've got a buildup of emotions and everybody else has a buildup of emotions. So, so I really, um, so, and Harlan talks about in his, um, in his podcasts about how the way that we're built as compulsive overeaters, and certainly the way that I'm built is that anytime I have a feeling, my thought goes to food. This was, I was completely blind to this, by the way. I, I didn't think, I didn't understand that this was how it works, but like anytime I would have a feeling, um, I would think of going, getting the, getting the ease and comfort, you know, from the cookies or whatever. And, you know, it's like, it didn't matter if I celebrate it. In fact, it was worse if I was feeling good, uh, feeling bad, I could sort of like hunker down and like, you know, just sort of rally. But if I had something to celebrate, well, then I would have to have things. I mean, I'd have to have that. Um, if I didn't sleep well, I felt like I needed to have food. If I, if I did sleep well, well, let's go to brunch. You know, I mean, every thought would just go to food. That was like constant, this reference. And I never connected that to this idea of the buildup of emotions. Um, it was just the way it was. So I guess I'm just jumping right to my thing that I think is important about this, this buildup of emotion. This is why we need to be of service to each other. Yeah. We got to work through the steps and all that, but, but I, what I want to talk about is the daily buildup of emotions and how important it is that we are able to talk to each other and do these miraculous 10th steps, which take us out of ourselves. I mean, for me, that has been the magical thing of the program. And, you know, today I feel like it's not so much that I have to be abstinent from the, f I mean, I, I have to be abstinent from the food, obviously, but I have to abstain from rumination, from resentment. I have to abstain. And I, I now have to catch myself when I start going into those things. And, you know, I'm, when I sponsor people, sometimes they say, well, I don't have any 10 steps to do. I don't have any buildup of emotions. And I, I thought that too, in the beginning, I thought I didn't have this buildup of emotions. I, I thought, well, I don't have anything I'm resentful about. Um, but then I will catch myself watching like food videos, watching TikToks of people making things or recipes. And now I've begun to see like, oh, that's a flag because, because of this connection that anytime I'm having a feeling, my mind goes to food. I have to realize that anytime my mind goes to food, I've got to check in with myself. I got to check in with my feelings. And this I this thing of getting out of myself, I just can't do that by myself. I can't do that alone. I mean, certainly I do it in meditation with God. A lot of times I can't talk to somebody, but talking to somebody and really um walking through um particularly the 10th step and that sheet that we have that we follow, I am able to I've learned so much that that sheet and those 10 steps have have taught me so much about myself and I can't I need other people to do that. I need to be of service to other people 
to do that. And I need to do it myself. Um, otherwise I, I will go into those feelings, which then will lead to the food. Um, so for example, and this rescues me. I mean, this is just like the thing. It just is the savior of the day. Every time it's the savior. So like this week I was in New York and um, I couldn't get home on the day. There was, a, some of you may know, there was like flooding in New York. And um, I had a situation where I was going to the airport and um, I, I couldn't, the trains were flooded. And this was before anybody knew what was going on. And uh, I couldn't get an Uber because no Ubers were coming. And I um, I called Spirit. I called the airline and I was like, it, there's an emergency in New York City and I cannot get to the airport. And they were like, uh, well, the planes are taken off. You know, the planes are taken off. So I don't know what you're talking about. And um, and I ended up fighting, clawing tooth and I ended up canceling that flight, getting another fight, flight, clawing tooth and nail to get to the airport taking all day in all this rain and craziness and I get to the airport and there's only emergency vehicles around and they're like uh the airport's been closed all day the airport's completely flooded nobody told me a thing nobody you know I got into such a state you know what I mean like this would have been a perfect moment for me to uh everybody would have understood everybody could understand that I would be upset but you know and I didn't feel happy, <laughs> but I went home. I went, I went to my friend's house and thank goodness I was able to go, had someplace to go back to, um, even though I ended up losing $400 that day because they didn't communicate with me and I lost my day. I did a 10 step on it. And then I spent the whole evening doing 10 steps with other people. I spent like two or three hours just doing 10 steps with people. <laughs> Because I was in such a state, like that would have been a perfect opportunity. It's raining. I'm miserable. I'm stuck from home. That would have been a perfect opportunity to relapse. Um, but thank goodness I have a way to channel that, to channel being of service, to channel um, connecting with other people, um, to connecting with humanity with other people's humanity and our own desire to be righteous. I think I need other people to help me get out of myself. And by self, I mean my righteousness, my need to be right, my need to make others wrong, my feeling that I have to be upset about a certain situation. You know, um, we have that line in this chapter about um, avoiding argument and fault finding, uh, like the plague. And um, I think it for me, it's very natural for me to want to blame people. I I I just want to when something goes wrong, I I instantly want to make other people wrong. Um, <laughs> and I think one distinction I want to make about service for me is that sometimes it's not always about me being selfish and needing to give to the other person. Sometimes I need to have the hard conversation and have a boundary, you know. Sometimes um, I, I notice sometimes when I'm working with people that on the 10th steps that sometimes we go to like um, that we're being miserly with our time or we're um, we're being selfish about and we should be giving more. And OK, yeah, I do think that we do need to be self-sacrificing and all that. But I think that sometimes. It's not 
that we need to give more. It's that we need to set a boundary and have that hard conversation. And I just wanted to say that because I, I think that sometimes that's a pitfall of service. Like how, when, when are we like, do we need to like, you know, not just do what we want to do and show up for other people? And when is it like, okay, it's not about giving, 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 giving at the cost of ourselves. Are you giving me the five there or, or no? Yeah. Thank you. Yes, um, th- thank you. Sometimes it's like, we have to have the hard conversation. You know, if we're going to avoid argument like the plague, sometimes what that means is just like being really clear about our boundaries. I don't think God wants me to be a doormat. I don't think God wants me to um, to just like be hiding and like, you know, make myself uh, small and like, you know, like let people walk all over me. I think that avoiding avoiding argument like the plague sometimes means that I have to say, no, this is what I can do. And this is what I can't do. And then other people. So, because otherwise I'm complaining about people. I'm like, Oh, I can't believe they did this. And it's like, Oh, wait a minute. No, it's me. My part is like, I need to set the boundary. I need to have the difficult conversation. And then I give that person a choice and that person can say yes or no. I mean, this just happened to me. Uh, you know, I have a roommate who wants to have people here all the time. And I said, well, this is what I need. I need, you can have people here two or three times a week and you need to smoke outside and not in the house. And she said, I can't do that. And I said, we're not a fit. (laughs) And, you know, I could just be upset or I can just do that. And what I feel that I have done in doing that is hard for me. I have to then deal with their reaction and all of this. But I think, The service that I see in saying no is that now that person is free to go find what they need somewhere else. That person is able to, um, and I can now pray for her to find the situation where she can have what she needs. Um, And then I don't have to go into resentment. I don't have to go into, um, so it's not about me just giving and giving and giving. Sometimes it's about, um, here's where I stand. And I'm going to honor you and respect you enough to let you know and make your own decision. And then you're going to have your feelings about it. And I'm not going to take that on myself. And, um, and, um, and I'm going to now pray for you to have everything you want and everything you need. And that keeps me out of, um, so I just want to say that I think that's part of service too. And working with others is, is, is having that clarity, um, and not just giving, giving. So I think I said it 500 times, so I don't have to keep saying it, um, uh, what else did I want to say? Um, yeah, just, I just want to, how many minutes, do I, how much time do I have? Two minutes? Yeah. So, um, just a little bit, I know I didn't spend a lot of time qualifying, but I just want to say that I, I did the first time I did three months, I learned how to eat. Then I still had a lurking notion. I came back. I mean, I, so I, I slipped. I, I was hard to get back. I got back on, I went through five months, really working the steps really hardcore, all the stuff. And then slipped at my father's funeral because I realized that I hadn't worked out my family stuff. I went back and I did my fourth step really hard. And and the next time I went through, I did all of my, I did all of my amends. I lingered in all of the amends. And then I slipped again because I was on steroids and I had the return of a serious chronic health issue, but I came back um, and uh, I got honest at one moment. I finally got honest with all the people in my life where I hadn't been honest and I worked through again really fast. And this time I seem to be, um, 
holding strong. And as long as I do service constantly, I have to, that is that now that I've worked through the steps, it's like, it's all about putting myself out. I'm happy to work through 10 steps with people. That's my favorite thing to do. Um, I'm sponsoring. Um, but now I feel like I'm walking out a free man. So I guess I just am saying a plug to like, even if it takes a while, like I think sometimes I was still building the skills and the muscles and the learning how to be of service, learning how to recover, even when I had those things. Um, but I just wanted to share that uh, sometimes it can take a while. <laughs> it can take a few times, but um, but this place where I am right now, I feel really grateful to be with all of you and to be in this like herd and this this community where we are helping each other dismantle the self and deal with our buildup of emotions. That is such a great service. And I don't do this with my lovers and I don't do this with my friends. It's just like, we are handling our emotional needs together. And that is such a huge service. I just think it's, it's an incredible miracle that we have each other to do that. Um, and with that, I pass. Thank you so much, Sarah. That was beautiful. Okay, we will now open the meeting for questions or for three-minute chairs. As this is a big book study, sharing and questions should relate specifically to the chapter and step being studied this week. We ask you to accept this guideline in order to keep the meeting on track. If you'd like to share or ask a question, please raise your virtual hand, which is under reactions, or star nine if you're on the phone. I will call the raised hands in order, and the Zoom host will ask you to unmute when it's your turn. Would the timekeeper please set a timer for three minutes for each share and announce when the time is up? If the speaker is asked a question, please allow three minutes for the answer. Okay. Who would like to share? Meredith, you're on. Uh, Meredith, recovered, recovering compulsive overeater in Nashville, Tennessee. Meredith B. Um, oh my gosh, Sarah. Wow. That was, gosh, the way you've articulated some of that stuff, it just, it hit it for me. Um, I love this thing about, you know, it's not being a doormat. It's not giving, giving, giving until we're depleted. And that sometimes this, this came up uh, yesterday in, in the person's share on the 12th step, um, that sometimes it's setting a boundary and it's a reminder for me too. Um, that's been a thing with me lately. Um, and I love that you said, you know, that honesty gives that person the freedom to size things up and do what they need to do with the information that they have. That is so good. No game playing, nothing personal. This is how I need it to be. And you can do with that what you will. And you're free to go. I love it. You're like, we're not a match. <laughs> um, also, you know, when I started working the steps this time around, um, there was this, I think it was before step three, where there was like a shift in me that um, I was, uh, somebody, a friend of mine called to ask if I would 
bring them to the hospital for a procedure and bring them back. And I was so excited to be able to do this because not too long before that, I would say something like, well, I'm not, let me check. I got to check my busy schedule, like, or like really what that meant was, let me think of a good excuse as to why I can't be there for you because I don't know how I'm going to feel that day. And, you know, I, I think I've already shared this on here, but I heard a speaker recently, um, not an OA speaker, but on a podcast, he said, making promises is the only way we can have freedom in the face of an unpredictable future. And that is service. So I'm not ruled by my feelings. I'm not waiting around to see how I'm going to feel next Wednesday. I'm making a commitment that I'm going to be there. And I, you know, sometimes I don't feel like being there, but I am because I'm trying to practice these principles in all my affairs. And that's part of the deal. Um, oh, I guess that's my time, right? Okay. Um, thank you so much, Sarah. That was excellent. I'll pass. Thank you, Meredith. And next up is Maureen. Hi, I'm Maureen. I'm a compulsive overeater in New Jersey. Thank you so much, Sarah. Um, you sounded so clear. And that is, you know, to me, a telltale sign of, you know, good recovery. And thank you so much for, um, gave me a lot of food for thought. And uh, because I've been doing more service, uh, I definitely feel like my world is expanding. And uh, I, you know, I definitely feel that I feel like I'm connecting. And um, it's interesting that you started with, you know, uh, the self itself, <laughs> itself, no pun intended. But um, the thing is, is, you know, in getting rid of that self, I found my, I found who I was irony, you know, the irony of it, you know, I become more of who I'm supposed to be. And um, that was one thing I saw the last time I did the steps. And the other thing with with the boundaries, the sponsor that I had, she was very clear that, you know, it's, it's really going to be about me and my higher power. You know, that she wasn't, she wasn't my therapist. She wasn't, you know, my God, anything like that, you know, and there are tools of the program and it's all laid out for you. Um, but the thing that gave me um, the freedom to not make her my higher power. And I, I, I really appreciate that because that gave me a boundary too, you know, and that when I was sponsoring for a while, um, like I really, I really had a clear direction that I wasn't supposed to put myself onto anybody that I was bringing through the steps. You know, it really was about it. Their program was about them. And I was just there to do service. I was just there. It didn't mean I didn't care for them or anything like that, but I was really clear that when I was working with them, that it ultimately was about them finding their higher power, you know? So I'm so grateful that, you know, she had that boundary because 
I, you know, I've had some situations in the past where it really was about the sponsor and it really was about all the tools and everything like that. And this, this kind of turned it on the head on its head. And, um, and, uh, you know, with the boundaries thing, yeah, sometimes it can be a little bit tough, but, you know, having that clarity and really being able to be secure in yourself in that respect of, you know, the clarity from my higher power, that helps so much in being able to carry that out. So with that, I'll pass. Thank you. Thank you so much, Maureen. Next up is Eileen. Hi there. Um, thank you so much. My name is Eileen. I'm a recovered compulsive overeater. And um, I loved hearing you. Thank you so much for your share, Sarah. Um, you know, what I heard as you were talking is that this is a we program. It's not an I program. <laughs> and um, especially when you said, um, I wrote it down, you said, we need others to help us get out of ourselves. I thought, oh, yeah, you know, that's, you know, we, we really do, because I, I can't get out of myself on my own. You know, I've tried that before. <laughs> Doesn't work very well. And, um, you know, that's that's another thing that makes it a we program, is it? And, you know, when I call people to do a 10 step, you know, I'm allowing them to do service for me, you know, and um, I used to be so shy about calling people. I thought, oh, I'm bothering them. <laughs> but you know what I mean? You know, it's it helps them too, because that's how I feel when I get calls for a 10 step. And, you know, that 10 step restores my sanity because, I, you know, I believe that I'm when I'm in, in whatever it is, the ruminating or whatever, is that I'm temporarily insane. And there's some, you know, there's action I can take. And, you know, I, I loved what you said about boundaries, because boundaries are really not that easy to set all the time. And, you know, my old behavior is to just jump in and people please. And the problem with that is that's got, an, that's got another side called resentment, <laughs> you know, and then there I get into resentment again, if I'm, you know, and my sponsor told me, um, you know, I love this. The, I don't know. This should be like a slogan, I think, is she said, you know, we recover to live. We don't live to recover because I was getting into too much service and it was, you know, I was kind of getting burned out. And I thought, you know, it's not supposed to be like this is really supposed to be a balance. Um, and the last thing, you know, because I'm kind of an all or nothing person. <laughs> so, you know, the last thing I wanted to share, I, I was at a meeting last night and I heard this beautiful quote and that it was, um, so I wrote it down. It says, every problem is a pathway to God. And I love that because that's really, you know, I mean, it's just step 10 is the continuous growth step. And, you know, that's how we continue to get closer to our higher power. And I just, anyway, I just loved hearing you. So thank you so much. Thank you, Eileen, for sharing. Next is up is Angela. Hey everyone, I'm Angela, gratefully recovered, compulsive overeater and bulimic. Um, thanks everybody uh, for doing service tonight. Sarah, 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 so nice to hear you tonight. Um, God, I haven't talked to you in a while and you sound wonderful. Um, I love the message that you shared tonight with us and um, what it brings, to, uh, you know, and I, I love everything I've heard and people shares too. Um and I um, was not going to hop in the meeting tonight. I'm kind of in the middle of packing. And um, and I don't know, something just told me to sit down and just um, at least listen. But then once I saw um, who was speaking, I was like, no, no, I'm going to I'm going to join. So um, anyway, what I heard, uh, which is so poignant and so meaningful, and it has been so instrumental in my recovery 
um, is the bit about boundaries and understanding my part and understanding allowing other people to have their own consequences and their own process. And um, I thank God every day for my Al-Anon and my ACOA, because I don't know where I would be if I didn't know, like, if I didn't know where I ended and other people began, right? Like that whole thing of what's mine and what's not, you know, and and that people pleasing thing of, you know, just, it's such a buildup for resentment and, um, you know, and not, and, and, and to know that you don't have to do it in a harsh way or a mean way, yet you can kind of honor what feels good and what doesn't anymore. Right. And know that that people pleasing thing is just, it's a character defect of mine that doesn't serve me anymore. Right. It doesn't serve me. So, um, yeah. And I love, you know, that you're talking about, you know, the buildup of emotions that it was so automatic for me, you know, to feel something and to have my hand in a bag, right. To feel something and to know I had to go home and just kind of hunker down and just be by myself, you know, it was, and those emotions, right. Take us down the rabbit hole if we allow them to, if we don't recognize it, if we don't interrupt it. Right. So, um, yeah, it, it just was so, I just, my heart is filled tonight hearing you and, um, and the messages that I'm hearing and that I'm sure I'll continue to hear through the meeting. It just, um, this is my home, you know, this is where I belong, you know, and, um, and I'm just so glad you joined our family, the CYOC family. So really, really happy to be here and uh, really grateful for the recovery tonight. Thank you so much. Thank you, Angela. And next 